And uh, you guys have picked a great day to be in God's house. I'm excited. We're going to be on part four of a sermon series that we started four weeks ago titled, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Let's say that together. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Praise God. Who has been starting their day since we started this sermon series saying that little phrase? Anybody? couple of you, praise God. Do you feel better when you just initiate that relationship as soon as you wake up? It's so simple. It's so profound. It's so easy. Just you're saying good morning to God and you're inviting his presence to take over and lead and guide your life. Good things. And when you do that, I promise you good things will happen in and through your life. And so as we started this four weeks ago, we said the, the whole the whole message of this message, the whole point of this message is to launch us into a transformational relationship with God through who? The Holy Spirit, the presence of His Holy Spirit. We read in God's Word and we saw where Jesus said, it is beneficial to you that I go. What was he talking about? It's beneficial that I go to the cross. He says, because if I don't go, then I can't send who? The Holy Spirit, he said, if, if it's beneficial for you that I go, because if I don't go, you're going to miss out. Somebody say, miss out. You're going to miss out on the good thing that I have for you. And so the Holy Spirit, guys, he comes with some controversy. Right? And it's because men and women like you and me, we, we misrepresent the truth of who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit, he testifies, I am truth. I am all truth. There's no deception in me. And so you better believe that the enemy, he hates you. He hates the good things God wants to do in your life. And he also hates the Holy Spirit because he's the one thing. He's the key. Now, there's many keys in your Christian life, right? You need the Word of God. You need prayer. You need relationships with others. But the Holy Spirit is one of the most profound keys for you to continually walking, not just in success, but in victory, over your life, and the enemy knows that. That if he can get you to lean on your own understanding and not lean into God's presence through the Holy Spirit, then we'll stay miserable, we'll stay depressed, we'll stay bound, and we'll miss it. I don't want you, but I don't want to miss it. And I want to do what God's called me to do. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I don't want to miss it. I want to try my best to hear what God's saying. How do I do that? I need to be in fellowship with his Spirit. I need to hear what he's saying. How do I do that? I need to be in fellowship with this Holy Spirit. I want to know where he's taking me, where he's taking my family, what he wants to do in and through me at my job. How do I do that? I need to be in fellowship with his Spirit. And it's as simple as just saying, what up, Holy Spirit? Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good afternoon, Holy Spirit. Where are we going? What are we doing? What are you saying? What are you teaching me? Today, you cannot become all that God has called you to become without the Holy Spirit. You cannot. You can't grow to where God wants to grow you. You can't go to where God wants to take you without the Holy Spirit, guys. And we're going to see today just how important He is and that He is He's many things. So as we kick this off, we've kind of focused on each little topic each week. And so as we kicked it off, we talked about the Holy Spirit being, being a transformer. He transforms us from the inside out. He cleans our lives out and He begins to transform us and mold us and shape us into who God's called us to be. We talked about 
the Holy Spirit being the Spirit of truth. He's all truth. We also talked about the Holy Spirit being the conviction, presence, and power of the, of the Spirit of God. We can't transform if we're not first convicted of our sin, right? Convicted of seeing that I, I fall short of the glory of God. And every single person falls short of the glory of Jesus Christ. And without upon that revelation, you can't enter in to a, a full dynamic relationship with the Spirit of God until you see you need God. <laughs> you need to see that you're not God and that you need God. We've said that we are not saying the Holy Spirit is more important than God the Father. We are not saying the Holy Spirit is more important than Jesus. They are equally the, the, the Trinity of God. They are equal in the power and authority. We're not saying that the Holy Spirit is more important than, than anything else, but we are saying the Holy Spirit's important. Come on, somebody. Right? We are saying that He's important. So today, is, let's look at that first point for today. And so as we've talked about all those things that the Holy Spirit is, and He's many things, today I'm excited. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit being our helper. Say that word with me. Helper. If you got a neighbor, tell him, say, hey, you need help. If you got two, tell the other one, you need help, right? I don't know about you, but I need help every single day. So look what that first point says. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The word has, this word has three unique meanings. It means one who helps, obviously, right? It also means one who intercedes and one who comforts. One who helps, one who intercedes, and one who comforts. You know what's, what, what, what? ties all three of those things into the meaning of helper together. You know, you know what it is? Every single person on earth needs those three things. Everyone needs help. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, if you're in a good place, if you're in a tough place, if you're in a sorrowful place, if you're in a joyful place, you will need some help. And isn't it amazing how we will We'll bend over backwards. We'll stress ourselves out. We will pile on the stress and more stress trying to do the thing our own stinking way, right? And, and I'm like, why am I miserable? Why is this so hard? Why are they not getting it, <laughs> right? Why don't they see and, and it's all because, we, as we took communion today, we talked about receiving the communion of God because we need to be reminded of how good God is. And the Holy Spirit wants me just to remind you today that you need help. And that's okay. And really, isn't that a prideful way to live if we deny that? I got it all worked out, God. I've read the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I know it all, God. I went through encounter. I received all you got for me, God. I'm done growing. I, I done made it, right? You, no matter who you are, no matter where you are spiritually, if you just got born again today or yesterday or 50 years ago, you need help. Guess what else we need? Intercession. Every single person needs intercession. You need somebody other than Jesus. It says that he is right now forever seated at the right hand of God. What? Interceding, praying for you. Praise God for him. Man, he went to the cross and his work still wasn't finished. 
He's still praying for you, even if you're living in sin, that you would say yes today. He sent his Holy Spirit we already covered. He said it's more beneficial that I send him so that I can go. The Holy Spirit, he's a helper, and he wants to intercede for you and through you. Every person needs the help of God through the Holy Spirit, and they need that intercession. We're on week four, and we ain't even talked about or covered praying in tongues yet. They want to talk about some controversy. Some of y'all, I see some of y'all getting up and leaving. I'm just kidding. We're a Holy Spirit-filled church, and I believe in praying in the power of tongues. I bet none of you have probably ever heard me pray in tongues. You know why? Because I ain't talking to you. I'm talking to God. And you know what the Bible says about the power of praying in tongues? When you pray in the power of tongues, the Holy Spirit prays intercessory over you. Let me say it like this. Who's ever been in a situation in life, maybe you wanted to pray, but it was so messed up, you were so mad, you were so angry, you were so stressed out, you didn't even know how to begin to pray. Is that anybody? You need the power of praying in tongues. Because you know what the good news is? When you just, you don't even know how to begin, you just begin to pray in tongues and the Spirit of God fills your mouth. It says that the Holy Spirit prays perfect unity and, and, and perfect prayer over you. You're praying. He's praying the thing that you don't know you need over you. You want to talk about protection. You need intercession. If you haven't begun to, to step into that or maybe you're, you're confused about that, come see me. I'll answer all the questions I can. First, dive into God's Word and begin to study it out and see what He says about praying in tongues. You need help. You need intercession. And what else do you need? What is it? Comfort. Every person needs comfort. Every person is hurting, going through something. We're all offended. Somebody said the thing, they didn't even know they said it, and you're hurt and you're dealing with it. That's okay. I get it. Some of us are thicker skinned than others. But don't let that offense drive a wedge. In between you and them. And, and the Bible says as long as you harbor unforgiveness, you actually restrict yourself from receiving his forgiveness. And so if you, you begin to feel that spirit of offense rise up inside of you, or that spirit of anger inside of you, you, you better realize that you need help. You need some intercession. And what else do you need? You, you, just, you need some comfort, and that's good. The Holy Spirit, if it hurts you, it hurts God. We just have to understand. We've got to be mature enough in our faith to know, you know what? I need to understand to be mature enough in knowing how to deal with these emotions. We're an emotional people. God created us that way. But he didn't create us for our emotions to dictate us. Some of y'all are letting your emotions dictate the course of your life. You mad, and you're going to make sure everybody around you knows it. You're hurt, and so you're going to hurt others. So everybody else understands, I'm hurting. The God sent the Holy Spirit not to dictate our lives, but to lead and guide and help us, to encourage us, and to comfort us. If you've ever experienced loss of life in your life, you see Death is, is terrible. Death entered the world when sin entered the world. Did you know that? So all of us have to deal with death. 
And, and when someone goes through uh, that, that traumatic period of losing somebody that they love, you get two choices. And I see it over and over again. You see the person, they use that, that, that moment, and, and, and they use it to, to, to draw near to God. They understand that their God's their source, that God's their comforter. And what, what are they doing? They are, they are taking advantage of that. And, th- and then you see somebody else, and it's not that they're maybe necessarily doing it right or wrong. They, they, may, they may just not spiritually be awake to the things of God. And the enemy will use that, and they'll, they'll use their, their anger to blame God. And, and, and they're hurting, and they need the comfort of God, and, and they, they choose the other decision, right? They, they, they draw farther away. God wants to comfort us. And as soon as you say, what up, Holy Spirit? As soon as you say, good morning, Holy Spirit, you get all of those things instantaneously available to you. His help, his intercession, and his comfort. Amen. I want to open up the Bible together today. Look at, look at John. Open to John four, chapter 14 and skim down to, I'm going to give you about four verses. Four, verse 12 there. And some of y'all are going to pick up and, and, and notice the scripture as, as, as a familiar one. Look at verse 12. It says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do, it says, the same works I have done, and even greater works. Jesus said that. Because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I'll do it. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, what does it say? Helper. I'm reading out of the NLT. And it says advocate, but that word advocate literally means helper. So Jesus said in verse 16, Ask and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper, okay, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you, he's talking to born-again believers, but you do know him because he lives in you now and later and will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Man, a lot to unpackage, a lot to see. All red letters from what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, describing him as a helper and advocate for all who will believe. He says, I'll send him to you. He'll lead you into all truth. He's there to help you. And he says, also says that he can never leave you. He says that the, the Holy Spirit is, is, is there to encourage, to lead, and to guide. Now, as I was praying and and studying this week, going over the text and going over the message. This is for somebody in particular. I don't know who it's for. But you need to know that God has not abandoned you. It's the exact opposite. He has not abandoned you. He has advocated for you. He is helping you. 
Now, I don't know who that's for, but I get it. I understand what it means to be in a waiting place. Has anybody ever been in a waiting place? Are you in a waiting place now? That's okay. What you have to remember is the enemy wants to play on your emotions to make you feel forgotten. I often wonder what the disciples thought after they saw their their Lord, their teacher, their master, the Lord, the Messiah, be crucified. And everything that Jesus told them, this is one thing he told them, I'll never leave you, I'll never abandon you. Then I wonder if they thought, oh, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus, he has temporarily left us. But he has not abandoned us, guys. Because as he left us, he left a part of himself with us. Who is the Holy Spirit who Jesus says will never leave you. But I know this about the Holy Spirit. He's a gentleman. He's the love of God incarnate. And so as long as you continue to ignore him, ignore the promptings, ignore what he's trying to say to you, ignore the the teachings, then you can keep him ignored. He'll pursue you. He'll continue to pursue you. But if you want to ramp up that volume, so to speak, of the voice of God in your life, he wants that fellowship, that relationship. And the more you feed it, it's like anything else. The more important it becomes. The louder you begin to hear his voice, the quicker you'll be able to see and understand the plan and the vision and purpose of God over your life. So what you sow is what you reap. What you sow into your relationship with the Holy Spirit is what you receive. Jesus said, I tell you the truth in verse 12, anyone who believes in me will do, say that word with me, do the same works. I know this about faith. You need the Holy Spirit because faith, it says, without works is in the book of Hebrews. And so, followed by faith is works. So as the Holy Spirit pursues us and ministers to us, it always comes down to my personal choice. I can receive what he's saying, what he's wanting to do in and through me, or I can continue to ignore, reject, deny. And it's not until you've acted upon that thing that God has said that determines whether or not your faith is alive or dead. Who wants to be alive in Christ? Then let the Spirit of Christ compel you to move you to a place of action and works. Faith starts with belief. But I know this, when you really genuinely, authentically believe, then you begin to do. You don't just stop with the comprehension of God loves me, so I must love others. A person who is alive in Christ will begin to manifest and show that love to others and to taking them steps of faith. 
So look at that next point. We're going to talk about doing the works of God. And I love this first little statement. Look what it says. So the Holy Spirit's a helper. If I talk you into that, can you agree on that? I want to challenge you a little bit. The Holy Spirit is not the doer. Guess who the doer is? It's you. Now the Holy Spirit wants to help you, okay, but he's not the doer. You are. God has trusted you in your faith and to, to, to trust that you would choose obedience and allowing the Holy Spirit to help you to do the thing. Okay? Look at that next point. It says, His presence gives us power. We got spiritual there. Spiritual power. Parentheses. Okay? Think of this. And then our presence, your, your physical body, you, you, you have a physical presence of who you are, right? It gives us the authority to do the physical thing, okay? I'm going to talk about that here in a second to, to kind of uh, clean up the muddy waters a little bit. But it says, so we are laborers together in the kingdom of God. God's spirit needs a vessel. It needs a willing participant. And not one that's just going to acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is real, but one that will accept that the Holy Spirit is real. Come on, somebody. Do you know there's a difference? You can acknowledge that, yeah, the Holy Spirit, he, might be, he may be real, he may be okay, but it's not until you accept the Holy Spirit and who he is that he becomes alive in your life. And when he becomes alive in your life, now you've become a willing participant as a laborer in the kingdom of God. You are a, a, a vessel, an instrument of righteousness that God can now use. You're the physical, the, the physical being, and you have a spirit. And without the spirit of Christ, it's lost, dying, going to hell. And so you need the spirit of truth, who is the compass of righteousness, alive inside of you. His spirit is what brings us spiritually alive and awakened to the things of God. And when I become spiritually alive, it's to take over my physical life. Has anybody ever dealt with addiction? Don't be shy. It's okay. I'll raise both my hands. Was, was addicted to drugs and to alcohol. And I don't want us to relive those moments. But just briefly, if that's you, think of Think of what happened when you would use or get drunk. I know for me when I would, would get drunk, and it's kind of crazy that they call alcohol spirits. But it depended on the day, the night, where I emotionally was, probably what I was drinking, what type of Ian was going to come alive when the spirit would come upon me. I might be real hateful. I might be real loving. I might be real outgoing. I might be real depressed. But I know when the Spirit, when I would take on the Spirit, it would take over. If the Spirit of God, if you've received the Spirit of God, you don't have to be confused. You don't have to wonder. If He's alive inside of you, He will take over. You won't have to think about saying nice things. He'll say them for you. You won't have to worry about where you should go or where you shouldn't go. He'll take over. The Spirit of God is the helper, and He wants to help you do the right thing. Now, when it comes to more basic things of our, our spiritual lives, be, be learning how to just begin to, 
to, to walk in certain areas and to begin to, to move into new things God wants to do in and through my life and in and through my ministry, you have to understand that it's your, it's your faith in, in Christ that's going to give you the power to believe and to do, okay? But it's your faithfulness that's going to give you the authority. Did that make sense? As we read in that point, it says his presence gives us the power, okay? And then our presence gives us the authority. I'm saying it's your faith that begins to initiate the power of God, but it's your faithfulness that's going to give you the authority. The Holy Spirit will give you all power to do amazing things that you can't even think or believe that you can do. Now, he wants to help you do them, but he's going to rely on your faithfulness to do them. And the more that you are faithful in your actions, the more authority you begin to have. Right? It's just like anything else in life. Life. The more you continue to do the right thing, practicing the right things, over and over and over again, the better you get. The kingdom of God is no different. The more that you respond to his appropriate promptings and you get it right, so to speak, the Holy Spirit confirms and affirms the right decision. Your faith in Jesus is what grants you the power of God, but it's the, over, the repetition over and over again of doing the right thing that he begins to grant you the authority to do. The, the, more, he can, the more he can trust you, the more he can allow you to do, right? He who is faithful with, someone reads their word, will receive much. The Lord kind of showed me a picture this week as I was studying and praying for us. It's kind of a lot like riding a bike. Who remembers learning how to ride a bike? I think we're about getting close to teaching Xander how. And maybe if you can't remember when you learned to ride a bike, you can maybe remember teaching your kids or your grandkids. The Holy Spirit is a lot like the parent. Right? The kid, he wants to learn to ride the bike. I hope you're excited about the kingdom of God. You're excited about who God is and where he wants to take you. You're excited to learn to ride your spiritual bike, so to speak. The Holy Spirit, he's a representation of the Father and the Son, and he's there to help you. He's going to help you get on the bike. And he's going to encourage you. He's going to comfort you. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. And the child is probably going to look at the parent in a little disbelief, right? God, do you really, do you really think I can do this? And the Holy Spirit's going to say, yes, yes. The Holy Spirit's the helper, but guess what? you got to be the doer. you got to be the doer because the Holy Spirit can't take your place, hop on the bike, and begin to just start pedaling for you, right? It takes faith. And so, but the Holy Spirit, he never leaves you. He's there. And so the, the parent gets the, the, the child going, right? you got to start pedaling. you got to start doing. you got to start believing by faith, and then you got to start doing the same things. And so the child begins to pedal, begins to pedal. And before they know it, they're saying, I can do this. They might even look at the parent, God, I'm doing it, Dad. I, I'm doing it, Mom. And the Holy Spirit's like, you got it. You got it. Right up to the breaking point. And what does the parent do? He lets go. 
And the child is all of a sudden doing the thing that they never thought they could do. And they're so excited. And man, they go in places now. They got a bike. They can go anywhere they want. The Holy Spirit wants to help you, but you got to do the pedaling. And the more you do the pedaling, responding to who He is, the more authority you receive. That child now has the power and authority to hop on that bike and to go wherever he or she wants. And if you have faith and relationship with the Holy Spirit, he's there to help you. He wants to give you the power to do the thing, and he wants to give you the authority to go farther than you ever thought, can dream, or imagine. Look at 2 Corinthians. Turn, your, turn over to 2 Corinthians 5, 5 through 7. <clears throat> Look what this says. It says, God himself has prepared for us this, and as a guarantee he has given us the who? The Holy Spirit. We are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. Can you all agree on that? Verse 7, for we live by believing. Some versions say faith, not by sight. We're talking about the power that the Spirit brings to our physical. As we just read, Paul is saying the Holy Spirit brings a confidence that we understand that we have a physical body and we're not quite yet at home with the Father. And the Holy Spirit is that guarantee that He's there to comfort, to help, and to lead and to guide and to, to encourage us. And, and, and He's there to give us his, his power, His presence, and His peace. But He goes on. He says, verse 7, For we live by faith or believing, not by sight, by seeing. The Holy Spirit, as we learned last week, He will show us in part, We'll see in part the plan of God, and we all, oftentimes will hear in part things concerning the future. That happens from time to time, and that, hap that happens from your dedication through prayer and through your relationship. If you know something specific, the Holy Spirit can, can show you. But more times than not, you're not going to know all the answers. And the mission doesn't change. God is still depending on you to walk by faith and not by sight. The Holy Spirit wants you to see today that you don't need to see. That was supposed to be good. The Holy Spirit wants you to see today that you don't need to see. It's not your job to see. It's His job to help and your job to do. It's your job to not see, but to believe and trust. He's the helper. He wants you to trust that he's helping you and leading you where God wants you to go. We walk by faith and not by sight. I often wonder how many times are people praying, God, if, and it's okay to pray that way. God, God show me. Show me uh, if I'm doing what you want me to do. But it's, it's not often good to just make that your prayer all the time. God, God, show me and then I'll. Show me and then I'll. God is not your genie. God is a helper. And he's almighty. And he loves you. And he cares for you. 
But he wants you, <laughs> ooh, he stepped on my toes a little bit this week. He wants you to believe first. I remember me and Pastor Jessica said yes to Pastor Keith when he was, we hadn't told anybody yet. And he, he met with us and he said, we're thinking about launching a church in Howard Pond. And you're the first that I thought of. Do y'all want to do this? And we prayed about it. And I'm glad that we said yes, not knowing if it was going to be a success or not. And your biggest moments in life, God wants you to say yes before you know how it's all going to work out. Because that's not faith. If you've got it all worked out, leaning on your own understanding. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, we live by believing and not by seeing. Look at that next point. Now I want to kind of dive in a little bit here to the importance of the Holy Spirit in the church. But I want you to see that one without the other is lost. And I'm not talking about the church building. I'm talking about the church people. Who's part of the church? People. I know you're in the church building, but who's part of the church? Body. Church. People. Right? The Holy Spirit is not a substitute for the church. Somebody says, The Holy Spirit empowers the church to be witnesses for Jesus by declaring and demonstrating His presence and power. The Holy Spirit and the church need each other. A church without the Holy Spirit Oh, you better be careful. And there's a lot of them. I don't want to bash churches. But a church that's being led by any other spirit than the Holy Spirit, I want to be no part of. So that says that the Holy Spirit is not a substitute for the church. The Holy Spirit will never tell you to leave the church. He may tell you to leave a church. If that church is not being led by the If he tells you to leave a church, because that church is not being led by the Spirit, don't stop going or seeking for a church. Because the church, it needs the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit needs the church. I do pest control. Some of y'all know I kill bugs and kill mice for a living. That's how I pay the bills. If you have bugs and mice, come see me. I'll take care of you. I'll kill your bugs and your mice, and I might even pray over your home while I'm there. Amen. But I meet and encounter a lot of cool people, have a lot of customers that I've built relationships with over the years. And I, I, as I'm starting a new customer and getting to know them, and maybe I see some, some crosses on, their, on their, their walls, or I see their Bible, I might begin to ask them about spiritual things. You, do you go to church? Where do you go to church? Do you believe in God? And, and people are real nice. But a lot of times, people, people say this. They say, you know, especially since COVID, you know, we, we used to go, but... Um, we believe in God, and, and we, we, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and so we, we just haven't been going. You know, we just, we just have a little church here at home. And, and, and you know, that, that's okay. You, you have the power and authority to do that, but you are missing out on something greater that God wants to do because the Holy Spirit is not a substitute for the church. And I wonder how many people that are just doing church at home not only are they missing the fellowship and the community and, and the worship setting, but I wonder how many positions of, of, of leadership in a church somewhere that is, is waiting on that family just to walk through the doors of their church to help lead into God and to be grafted into the body of Christ to minister, right? And so the Holy Spirit it empowers the church to be a witness of the truth. 
of what? Who Jesus is, what he says, what he's done, right? By declaring and demonstrating his presence and grace and power. So I want to give you, turn over to Acts chapter 20. I'll give you one verse. Verse 28. What it says, so guard yourselves and who? God's people, God's church. Guard yourselves. That's why I need the Holy Spirit to help guard your, your soul into the living, breathing waters of the kingdom of heaven. And God's people feed and shepherd God's flock, his what? Church. How are we going to do that? Watch. Purchased with his own blood, who's Jesus, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. The church needs the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit needs the church. A church without the leadership of the Spirit is lost, dead, dying, missing the plan and purpose and the truth of who God is. And then a, a, a spirit without a church to go to, it needs a participant, a willing vessel to harbor the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit needs a church, a people. And the church needs the Holy Spirit for leadership. Look at that last point. So the Holy Spirit's our helper. He helps us do the works Jesus did and even greater ones. The reason many Christians are not experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit is because they're not doing what Jesus did. Who wants to experience the power and presence of God? Then do what Jesus did. How do I do what Jesus did? I need the same Spirit. If you need hope, be that hope dealer for somebody else. Now, I know it's hard when you're feeling hopeless, but if you believe in something greater, who's Jesus? You, you got you to pull up the bootstraps, and you got to get in your word, and you got to pray, and you got to believe, and then at the end of the day, you got to do. Jesus says, those who believe in me will do the same works. And so if you need a financial blessing, I hope you're tithing, tithing and giving faithfully to a home church so that you're bringing your tithes into his storehouse. But also maybe you can be a, a blessing to somebody else. I'm not saying give them $1,000 or $100, but how can, you, how can you give what you're asking God for? If you need encouragement, being an encourager. Jesus said, those who believe would do the same works and greater works. Let's read that. We've read it once. Let's read it again. John 14, 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. That verse always throws me for a loop. Because how can I do greater things than the Messiah? The Son of God. Liberty Church ain't saying that. Pastor Ian's not saying that. Pastor Keith's not saying that. Jesus Christ said that. And I often wonder if I talk myself out of doing the same works because I'm so focused on, God, how do I do the greater works? Because we all want to be great, right? So let's not have a theological debate on if we can do greater works than Jesus or not, let's simply get good at doing the same works first. And if you can maybe be faithful 
and doing the same works repetitively, then you can have his authority. We said that his power comes by faith, but his authority comes through faithfulness. And so if we can be faithful with little, then he'll give us more. And if I can do the same, then I can do greater. Because God's word, is he but a liar that he should lie, is truth. And if you can believe that, the sky's the limit. What can't you do? Where can't you go? If the Holy Spirit's driving the car of your life, you will experience some good things. Amen? Y'all pray with me. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you. And I thank you for, for your word as we've studied it out this morning. So many truths and so many spiritual things. I pray that we didn't just gather and, and have church today. I, I pray that, that the church felt your presence today. I pray that you encouraged those that needed encouragement. I pray that you comforted those that needed comfort. I pray that you've equipped those that need equipping. I pray that you've shown us that if we believe, then we can do. And you've shown us that, Holy Spirit, you're the helper. But at the end of the day, you're not the doer. You actually trust us to do what you've called us to do. But you want to help us, just like that parent showing a child how to ride a bike. I pray if that's somebody who's getting on the spiritual bike, that they would trust you. Trust your loving arm and trust your loving guidership as they begin to pedal for the kingdom of God. If you're here today and you're born again, you're in a relationship with God, you talk to Him every day, and you're not perfect, but, but you're trying, you're pedaling. You, you fall down plenty of times learning to ride that bike, but you keep getting back up. I want to say thank you. And I want to say that God loves you, but I want to ask you to pray for those that are not doing what you're doing. Those that are lost, those that are hurting, those that are broken. Thank you for praying for our lost world. And maybe you're here today in the sanctuary or watching us online and you say, Pastor Ian, that's me. I'm that, that other person. I'm lost. I'm hurting. I'm broken. And, and I didn't know what it was as simple as just initiating a relationship with God through His Holy Spirit every day. I can have help. Yes, you can. I can have His love. I can have forgiveness. Yes, I'm telling you, you can. And if you want to you make a declaration today, you want to make a decision today that says, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, your time has come. I want to give you hope today, but I want to ask you to do something. Because faith without works is dead. It's, you can say a prayer in your head. You can say a prayer when you get home tonight. But if God's saying he wants you to say a prayer now, he wants you to do something. So I want to ask you to do something, if that's you, either in the sanctuary or watching us online. Don't worry, no one's watching you, looking at you. I'm the only one. But I want to ask you just to raise your hand up real high if he's dealing with your heart. Or stand up, one of the two. You can either stand up or raise your hand up. God's saying, I want you today. I want you today. 
give you a few moments, a few seconds. Don't let this moment pass you by. If the Holy Spirit is dealing with your life, do not let this moment pass you by. If you're watching us online, put something in the chat to let us know that you're praying this prayer. tell you this. I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. I want you guys to repeat after me. Let's repeat loud and proud today. Amen. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We accept your Son. We believe that he is Savior of the world, the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. And send your Holy Spirit to comfort me and to lead my life until you call me home. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. That ain't hard, is it? Right? Amen. Spiritual things. Praise God. Who's glad you came to church today? Well, thank you. We're glad you came too, okay? We love you very much. Y'all are officially dismissed. Have a good, safe Sunday. I believe, somebody say believe, Believe. it's the last 90 degree day we got for a while.